Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and through the internet deliver it to you. My name is Rev. Todd Laddick, and today I'm bringing you part two of a four-part series entitled Reset. Uh, And today's message is specifically entitled uh, Reset Purpose, based off of Mark chapter 1, verses 32 through 39. So let us dive into the Word today. That evening... After sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch, so Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, We must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Amen. Spending time with God enables us to start our year with intention. Centered living comes from understanding centered living comes from understanding God's purpose in this season. In Junius Dotson's book, Soul Reset, he shares the importance of touching the bag at first when playing baseball. If a player gets a hit and runs all the bases, but misses the bag at first base, it doesn't count. Nothing else matters. Dotson says the same is true for the Christian life. Staying close to Jesus is the first bag, the most important step. We can do everything else, but if we miss the first bag, we have not gotten anywhere. I personally know the importance of remaining close to Jesus. Truth be told, all pastors struggle with maintaining their their spiritual disciplines amid hectic schedules, stress, family life, and other things. That's why I get so particularly frustrated, and that's why it's so frustrating to me when people say they don't have time to go to church, or they don't have time to read the Bible, or they don't have time to step up and participate in hands-on work mission. You know, it's my only day to sleep in. It's my only day to, you know, whatever the reason may be. The running assumption of most people is that pastors are kind of like monks. Sure, they get married and have kids, but... They're engaged, and they're engaged in the community rather than locked away in a cloister, but most people think that when pastors aren't at church or in the community, they're clearly locked away in their rooms reading scripture and praying for hours on end. Folks, friends, that's no more true for me than it is for you. And pastors can easily fall short in maintaining their spiritual disciplines and find themselves distanced from Jesus. Granted, that is not an ideal thing to happen to a pastor, but it is really not ideal for any of us to have that happen. Do you see my point? Now, you may be wondering how a pastor falls into a, such a trap. Well, should they, should they know better? Absolutely. Every one of us who has been a part of the church should know better. Not just pastors, but everyone. How does this happen? 
simple. Because pastors, like everyone else, get caught up in the daily bump and grind. There are tons of stresses that are unique to pastors, things that keep a pastor on edge, worrying about this or that. There's uh, all the, the, the criticism and some praise that, that comes along with it. Um, there's all the administrative work along with the, the pastoral work. There's the commitments to the larger community like Rotary and other you know, community events that uh, pas- the pastor should be at. And let's not forget about family, kids' schedules, you know, the whole nine yards. What's more, a pastor has to at least engage with scripture when writing sermons and other things. So oftentimes it can feel as a pastor like you're engaged in reading scripture, praying and whatnot. But the pastor isn't in a way that is good for her soul or his spiritual well-being. And then, of course, is, is the not-so-obvious one. The pastor is always leading worship and seldom getting to fully worship in a way the congregation is. It, it perhaps is hard to understand, but there is a difference to leading worship being responsible for the service running and flowing smoothly and all the technicalities that go with that, and simply worshiping. Yes, pastors are indeed worshiping as much as can be during each service, and the very act of leading service is worship because you're honoring God. But there's so much, uh, there is so much running through the heads of pastors that they cannot be solely focused on simply worshiping. Now, all of this is not me complaining, not at all. I, I love what I do. I can't see myself doing anything else in the world. But every pastor knows how hard it is to remain spiritually disciplined. In fact, that's why they call it the word discipline. It takes time. It takes repetition. It takes habit. It takes dedication and commitment. All those things. Truth be told, we all get caught up in our work family life, and other pressures. Sometimes we forget our main purpose, or maybe we never stopped long enough to figure it out in the first place. Jesus shows, Jesus himself shows us the importance of pausing to spend time with God and rediscover our current purpose. Understanding God's purpose for us, our why, comes from time in prayer and enables us to grow in our trust of God. And in this story, we see Jesus working really hard at serving those around him. See verses 32 through 34. Then in verse 35, we see Jesus take time away from his disciples and the crowd to rest and to pray. He dedicates this time to being with God. And Jesus does this several times throughout the Gospels. This is not an isolated event. So in verse 36, we learn that Simon and his companions just couldn't handle the silence away from Jesus. They were looking for him while he was away praying. I want us to pause and consider how different translations of the Bible phrase this. For example, our reading from the New Living Translation today says that they went out to find They went out to find Jesus. In the NRSV, they hunted for him. In the Amplified Bible, they searched everywhere, looking anxiously for him. In the CEB, 
the Common English Bible, they tracked him down. For the disciples, they were concerned about the gathering crowd, and this concern troubled them more than Jesus needing to spend some time alone with God. For, the, for Jesus, the disciples' concern must have made him feel hunted or tracked down. Unable to get any downtime or any time to find rest and solace for his soul. The pressures we face sometimes make it feel like we are being hunted or tracked down, and it is hard to set apart time just for God. I mean, that's it is. It's hard. That's why we call it a spiritual discipline. When Simon and his companions find Jesus and begin making demands on him, in verse 37, Jesus sets clear boundaries about what he will or will not do. And I'll go back to that scripture. Jesus said, um, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. See, it was more than them just finding Jesus. They were frantically looking for him. And Jesus set up boundaries, clear boundaries. Because Jesus has taken that time apart to pray, he is able to live intentionally with the purpose God has given him and trusts God to handle the rest. While the disciples were frantic, Jesus was at peace. God gives us a purpose in each season of our lives. We're not called to do it all. But we are called to live with purpose. We are called to live with purpose. Jesus knows what his main purpose is. And that, and that gives him the discernment and the courage to say no. To say no to the disciples and the crowd's expectations. And to say yes to God. Note that what the disciples were asking Jesus to do was actually a good thing. Keep healing the people of Capernaum. I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? There's so many down there that need you. But Jesus knew it was not what he was meant to be doing any longer. He hadn't just come to be a miracle worker or a healer. He had a bigger picture, a bigger purpose. And we can often be busy doing good and worthwhile things too, and still miss our purpose because we are not taking time to reset and recenter on God. By taking time for prayer, Jesus resets his purpose to keep the big picture in mind, proclaiming the message to the neighboring towns too. Now, Jesus knows his main purpose. I want to invite you to reflect on your own main purpose and what the priorities are in this season of your lives. And I'll give you a few minutes to do this. Is there a balance between time set apart for God and time spent doing?
Now, I could offer you a whole host of ideas, but you know what setting time for God means? Worshiping regularly, not just on Sunday, but through acts of piety and acts of mercy, a.k.a. serving Jesus in community and witnessing to your faith. Um, connecting with others and growing in your faith through small groups and Bible studies. Partaking in the sacramental life of the church. Studying scripture daily, praying regularly, and that's just the basics. I must emphasize, though, to the importance of listening for God. Not just talking, but listening for God amidst the voices of the world around us that place demands on our time and our energy. Is this what God wants us to do? When we understand our purpose, it's easier to establish and maintain boundaries. We have a calling and a purpose God has given us to address the world's grief. But we don't need to do it all. For instance, our Treasures of Hope thrift shop ministry serves the community through fellowship, heavily discounted prices, and free clothes and other items for those in need. It also raises money that go toward supporting the ministries of our church as a whole. The weekend bag program, food barrel, and manor house missional opportunities serve the hungry and food insecure people uh, among us with health foods and necessary toiletries. Our Bible and book studies all serve the purpose of connecting people to a small accountability group, helping them to discover growth in their faith and build up leaders through Christian education. Our church's ministries are working toward making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. When was the last time you checked in with God? What steps are you going to take to reset your purpose back to that of fully dedicating yourself to Christ? And what steps as a congregation can we take to do the same? Let us all reflect on that as we move closer and closer to Lent. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you so much for this opportunity to be inspired, to know that, that you are there waiting for us to build our relationship with you, that you are in fact working and building your relationship with us, and if we would just open our hearts and our minds, we would... We would embrace that and become closer to you. Help us to do so, Lord, so that we may continue to be a great witness of your love and your good news in Jesus Christ. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, I'd like to, uh, again, thank you for tuning in. It's always my pleasure to bring you a message each week. Uh, hopefully you're getting something out of it. I know I am. Um, and so, yeah, this is great. And uh, you can please uh, check out the episode notes. There's stuff there for you to check out. Also, there are links to giving if this is your main spiritual nourishment for the week and, and you feel so inclined. We could really use your support at First United Methodist Church of Newton. Again, this ministry, Life-Giving Water, uh, Life Water Messages, is completely free. Uh, no charge for it at all. But if you are in a place where you can support First United Methodist Church of Newton, the church that I serve, uh, that would be much appreciated. And if this is not your main source of spiritual nourishment, but is a supplemental thing, then by all means serve your current uh, faith community. And if you have it in you to serve us both, or to uh, to give to us both, that would be 
that would be great. But in the meantime, friends, remember that you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace. Thank you.